is uh, inspired by a real place, and, oh. and that secret prize might have to do with that. Oh. Real place. Wow. Uh, did you just Willy Wonka everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Nerd On. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to Nerd On, the podcast you didn't need, but you deserve. And where all levels of nerd are welcome. We are doing a little something different today. How different? It's so different. We're going like way off the, the, the tracks. We are featuring a friend of mine, Len. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hello, hello. Yeah, uh, Len and I, we actually met uh, gaming. Well, tabletop gaming. We were doing this outrageously long. Uh, like kind of RPG campaign thing that went on for months. Over a year. Over, Over a, a year. year. Yeah. yeah. Kind of wanted it to end a little sooner than it did. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a Cthulhu-based type thing. But uh, why, why is Len here today? Len is here because he is or has been for a very long time and is at the point of basically release, kind of. You got your Kickstarter going for a game called Western Tropic. Boop, boop. <laughs> which is a card game, which is fun. But uh, I totally skipped the housekeeping because we got to do that. I'm yeah. Josh. I'm Tom. And this is Len. Hello. <laughs> and this episode is brought to you in part by our patrons over at Patreon. The Nerd On Nation powers everything that we do, and we are so excited to have everybody along for the ride. If you are new to what Patreon is, it is a membership service in which you can support your favorite creators like Nerd On. And in return, you get fun stuff. Like there's a Discord server, there's discounts on merch, there's early access to episodes, there's bonus episodes, there's a lot. There's just a lot. So check it out, nerdon.io backslash Patreon. But yeah, that is the housekeeping. That's it, it's so just, just us two. Just to be a good guest, so I'm clear, if I give you guys money, you will give me cool things. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Yeah. cool, yeah. clear. What you want? Plug for plug. <laughs> uh, you can hang out and talk with us. Also, you get never before heard episodes, and we just talk about the wildest things. Wow, Lots of wild, excited. wild west stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, none of the none of the other hosts today because yeah, this is a bonus. This is a bonus episode. Um, I wanted to bring on Len because he he's a friend of mine, but he's also been a, a he's been supportive of the show. You're all that he talks about. He's like, I got this really cool friend named Len and I wish yeah. I just did this podcast. With did the other host not show up because they heard I was coming on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But we have more room. It's well, yeah. one, one you is three of them, you know, so it's like, that's yeah. it. Exactly. The, the ratio is still even. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Len's just been a good friend of the show and a good friend to me. So I just wanted to, with this game coming out, I mean the, so the Kickstarter, what day did it launch? It launched just over a week ago, okay. and I'm happy to report that it's fully funded as of last weekend. Woo! Yeah. yeah. So thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy. And uh, I've got 15 days left, and uh, really excited to share it with more people and just see that ticker go up because the higher uh, the amount I raise, the the more cool stuff I can throw yeah. into the final game. See yeah. that Founders Edition? I see that. That is the Founders mm-hmm. Edition. Yeah, the normal game is going to be 25 bucks and be super cool, but... I'm going to make a limited run of those uh, boxes right there where the game will go inside of it. You got to love yeah. those kind of things with the packaging of games. And like, I've I've loved board games. Like, I was a kid that just like was raised on Risk for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously when I was like a toddler, it was like Sorry and like Uno. But then later on it was like Risk and then like Axis of Allies. And then later on it became Settles of Catan. And then like more and more. And then like all the different types of games and how like Secret Hitler has mm-hmm. a really nice box. And I was like, if you got a really nice box, you know you're gonna get like a really good game out of it. So it's yeah, and I've been really surprised that when when people have Kickstarter campaigns and they have sort of cheaper, lower cost rewards, those are less popular. People like the really expensive yeah. special edition stuff, and I've seen that more people have backed that than the actual standard game edition, which I'm happy about. It's so. like the yeah. Jumanji <laughs> feel, you know? It's yeah, like yeah. oh, there's something beautiful to have like this like beautiful. It's like a beautiful chess set. That's you right. know? It's like it's a collector's edition, so. So before we get uh, too far into Western Tropic, let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about you. So uh, we met Tabletop Gaming, so I'm assuming that, and you developed a game yourself. So I'm I'm going to assume here that you're into Tabletop Gaming. 
That is correct. Uh, <laughs> I was I was into into it when it was called board gaming. Oh dang! And then that was yeah. that was not cool anymore. And then tabletop became the the phrase for it. It so. had to be more official. Yeah, yeah. I think tabletop is a cool internet <laughs> phrase. I think so. Like when you when you're going around like with friends who like don't like video games or don't go like going out. Like how about some board games? You're like oh that sounds like fun. It's like family goodness. But it's like no, we're gonna play some intense stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the vinyl record to album to you know whatever. Oh, yeah. That's tabletop. But okay. I think what you know when. I've been marketing this thing. I usually say board games because most people don't know what tabletop gaming is. It's like, wait, but where else would you play the game? On the floor? On the floor? Floor yeah. gaming? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> On um, the floor gaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, it, though, that, you know, uh, it's gotten the industry of, of tabletop gaming has really gone through a renaissance and it feels like every week, especially with Kickstarter, there's hundreds and hundreds of these games coming out. Yeah. And Catan was my mm. sort of gateway drug as well. But uh, I think when I was younger, playing Scrabble and, and mm. Sorry and Risk and those types of games, I always found myself critiquing them and mm -hmm. trying to fix them. Okay. So I think that was part of the bug of like, well, I should design my own game that other people can complain about and say it's <laughs> <Yeah>. good enough. <laughs> You're an equal complainer that's opportunity right. kind that's of right. person. Constructive criticism, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also it gets the chance that you're the one that's uh, messing everything up and versus like, oh, I have no control over this. Yeah. Like someone yeah. else messed it up before I could. And it's <laughs> funny, the stakes seem even higher with physical games. Like, you know, um, a lot of big companies release video games and you can patch them if there's something wrong. Yeah. But yeah. if you... <laughs> If you print a thousand, five thousand copies of something and it's you got a typo, mm -hmm. whoops, that's it. Ooping. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like even with typos, like to me, those are small things. But like, you know, if I can critique one risk specifically, mm -hmm. I just if you had five people playing, you can die before your next turn. Yeah. And I really did not like the activeness that you had in that game. And from what I saw of this one, like there's a, there's a lot of good chances of like you interacting with like the board. And so you're not just left out while someone's making like a 30 minute decision. That's right. Are you jumping ahead to talking no, about no, the game? No, no, no. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying it out loud because, like, yeah. you know, again, plug for plug. But, yeah. um, but no, like, board games, yeah, like you said, I think it's coming through, like, a golden age a bit. And, like, we're getting so many different types of games from different creators and developers. Yeah. Like, it's interesting to see, like, the blend of, like, video games. I'm, I'm assuming you, you like some video games as well. I do, yeah. And I think what's interesting to see, if we kind of zoom out a little bit, mm -hmm. is with video games, the most popular games are super competitive, right? Fortnite is... Every man for himself, everyone for himself, yeah. Call of Duty, everyone is going against each other. And with board games, the more popular ones are now either more cooperative or somebody is trying to score, you know, next to somebody else. But mm -hmm. it's not like everyone's a loser. Everyone's still racking up points and winning in their own way. So there's kind of this interesting split that's happening yeah. in video games versus tabletop games. And there's an interesting thing with the cooperative games that like there's a traitor. Yeah. amongst them because you still have that camaraderie but there's still that level of like I don't trust you um, but I know yeah. Josh for a fact like hates being the traitor I, I can't do it <laughs> you I just, just can't, can't lie you, you can't have the poker face on <laughs> I just it's parents so... raised him well <laughs> so I, <laughs> the game starts it's me <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's uh, I, we used to when uh, Nerdon first started we we were playing some games some, some tabletop board games and uh, there were a couple of games that were that they were that and, uh, shadows of Camelot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just by the it's seriously first round. Everybody would be like, "Oh no, I knew first round yeah. that it was you." Yeah. And then like we were playing this game. It's based on the thing. Outpost and Outpost thirty one. And I was trying to figure out how to do this because in that game, there's kind of a traitor. You you're yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of pressure. You don't want to ruin the game for everybody. Yeah. You want to show them a good time, so you got to like put up the persona and you know act the part. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it just. Uh, it's a lot of pressure. No, I mean, but also going to your point, Len, about uh, video games and its or gaming in its entirety, like team sports, mm -hmm. uh, physical activity, video games. Whenever there's like teams, you always have that pressure of like, oh, I'm going to let the team down. I'm going to have the one with the lowest scoreboard. And it's kind of tough. But with the board game, there is that nice intimacy. And like, I know there's like this kind of outcry for like more couch co-op video games too. And, you know, I think that's why like, Mario Party will never die because sure. like you have you could play with somebody next to you or Mario Kart um those kind of things but like with you know PlayStation or Xbox it's kind of like you got to go play online and these are only single player campaigns and you're playing like these special things with like other people but like with board games it's like bring it's like reminds it oh bring the game over bring bring the console yeah yeah you and know? you've you've seen a lot of video games get or sorry uh, tabletop games get ported to video games mm -hmm. or iPad and that's fine and that's fun but i think that you know, personally, I don't love that because I like sitting in front of somebody playing against somebody. Yeah. That, that's the point of that. Experience. It's like writing on paper. It's like you have this yeah. physical thing that you're, yeah. you're doing. Um, no, it also thinking about it, it seems like like uh, 
like tabletop games versus video games, it seems like there's a lot more cooperative yes. tabletop games than there are video games nowadays. I it, think so. Seems, yeah, you don't. Well, you don't hear uh, stories about internet trolls with board games. Yeah. you don't hear yeah. like you know That's fifth true. graders like, hey, did you, where'd you learn how to play Monopoly? It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. come on. <laughs> I think you know. I I don't know the deep history of it, but my understanding is that Germany was really into board games and they started building a lot of these cooperative games because coming out of World War II, they didn't want to have these like competitive games where people were battling each other and fighting each other. They wanted to have peaceful games. And I think they led the charge on designing all these games. And I think Catan is from Germany. Mm. Um, and so you had this game where it's, you know, it's a little bit competitive, but really you're just trying to score the best you possibly can. Yeah. Either what is the longest road, the biggest army, That's or right. just trading the most resources. It's I, I love the resource management kind of games too because it's like, it's very much more like, Am I playing the long game? Am I just like, you know, chaotic neutral and just effing everyone up? So it's like, yeah, I mean, even games like video games, I remember in the past, like Age of Empires mm. and um, Con or, uh, Command and Conquer. Conquer. My, my favorite parts of those games actually were building the cities. Yeah. And yeah. I got annoyed by having to fight. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, you know, nowadays you have lots of games like uh, League of Legends where it's just the fighting mm -hmm. part and there's no building. So I always kind of, you know, would lean towards like SimCity, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Have you played and, uh, Civilization? No, but, it, you know, definitely familiar. Uh, that, it's like the part of, it's like Age of Empires without the uh, fighting, basically. I am like a bad addict with it. It always comes yeah. back. It's like, oh, I shouldn't go back to that icky tar, but I am. And it's like, <laughs> but that's all it is. Like, you start at 2000 BC, and you just, you're one of the, like, famous rulers of, of time, and then you build a civilization. But it sucks when, like, barbarians attack you. You're like, come on! I'm just trying to build a, a good culture-savvy <laughs> civilization. Like, I just want to have all the culture in there. Like, that's, I want it to be equal. Because that's yeah. how you win. You win by science, uh, military, culture, or um, religion. Mm. Oh. And so, like, there's different ways you could win and, like, there's like mods you can put, so I like put like Cthulhu in there. So it's like I'm winning by religion. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's a lot of cool stuff. I mean, like, but it's kind of like like you're saying, going back to like how board games get ported over to video games. It's like taking those small intricacies of like like I would say game dynamics or game mechanics of like how the player and other players interact with it when the game like a, like works back with you. Yeah, yeah. I will say for both video games though and tabletop games, it's done a good job, especially in recent years for me at least personally and for a lot of other people. Um, it's done a good job of just kind of removing you from social media mm -hmm. and internet culture and all that. So you kind of can disconnect. Um, you which know, is important. Which is important, 100%. yeah. So even if you even if people say like playing video games or playing tabletop games isn't disconnecting or isn't necessarily like valuable time, I think no. just removing yourself from kind of the chatter and the noise, yeah. that's a good thing. I and I've been told I'm like a bloodthirsty hound. Uh, <laughs> he that, is. Mm, uh, I love board games because it is, and I, I'm not trying to jump the subject, but like it is like poker because <laughs> it's like you're just mental fortitude against other people. Yeah. And it's like, I know what you do or how you do it. And then other people just like, sometimes they understand like, oh, people know how I play. So I have to do something different. Yes. And I, I love that because it is different than like um, hand-eye coordination with the video game. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a different. It's mental dexterity yeah. versus physical. I love that. I yeah. absolutely love that because, and then also you have fun with it too, right? You can have it with snacks, you have it with drinks, you have it with like a, like a show that's on. And so like, you're kind of multitasking. It's like, there's some social ability with it, but then also like, if you're, you want to go super in there, you could like light up the candles, turn off the lights, <laughs> get it all, get the ambiance going. Get, like, them, get them hue lights. Yeah. Rocking. Like there's a lot you can do with it. And I think that's the great thing about like the, you know, tangible games you could bring in. Yeah, yeah, and it, it kind of slows you down as well. Um, yeah. uh, you can you can see people's like testosterone and you know levels like rising <laughs> when they're playing certain types of games. Um, this is kind of yeah, it calms you down. It's like it's like the golf of of uh, gaming. You yeah, know? but I it's mean, a little bit slower because also then like you want because you want to have a good game. Yeah, and it's not fun to just browbeat somebody when they don't know how to play. That's so right. So you have that great like lead, like mentorship to like oh this is how you play. These are good strategies. This is a passive strategy. This is a like a very aggressive strategy and things like that. So like. Then you can then choose, tell them, like, give them agency to, like, choose how you want to play. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think, you know, this varies from person to person, but most games have a little bit of luck and a little bit of strategy. Oh, and, so much you know, luck. chess is all strategy. And then you've got games like uh, Sorry, which is all luck, mm -hmm. uh, or Monopoly, which is mostly luck. Um, I like a balance. I like a little bit of luck just because it's like real life. Like yeah, you don't know oh, everything is going to happen. Yeah. You can plan but, some things, strategy. but not everything. I, yeah, I yeah. honestly would say if I were to have a child, uh, thank goodness I don't. I would want them to be <laughs> do more. Do it. Do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Confirm. I'd want them to Confirmed. be lucky more than smart. 
Oh, because okay. I feel like the smart people see all the luck happening and then it hurt affects them, and sometimes oh. they can't circumvent those odds. But yeah. lucky people who are just like will blissfully fall into great <laughs> things, and it's like must be nice. But it's if not they, a superpower. But if the lucky person does have to be hit with adversity at some point, they're not gonna have anything to stand right? on. Right, it's like the classic Hollywood kid, mm, right? Like oh. My parents have Ferraris, and yeah. I grew up in a mansion. That's just and, um, how it is, right? I got in a car accident. I don't know what to do. Uh-huh. And it's yeah, like, yeah. well, Oops. okay. you're lucky that you have money. Yeah. <laughs> you're lucky you got me as a parent, but no. But I think I agree with you. Luck luck versus uh, smarts. Yeah, yeah If you have tough. to pick, and then just hope that, you know, it works out. Yeah, hopefully. Because you, you, can't, you can't teach luck. No. You can't. You can teach intelligence. That, that's true. Nah. That's very true. Mm, Breaking got, ground here. really <laughs> deep. Uh. <laughs> Pulling it back. I mean, other than this board game, I'm assuming this has been your life for like years and months that you've been preparing for this Kickstarter and developing it. What what else do you nerd on about? Uh, I love I love uh, movies. I love okay. video games as well. Okay. Um, this is going to sound weird. I love walking a lot. Oh. Hiking and walking around. What do you um, do when you hike and walk? That is so weird, Len. Yeah. So weird. Especially in LA. <laughs> People usually are just inside, not doing anything outside. Um. Yeah, it's it's kind of my thinking time, um, and it's sort of my my separation between work and personal projects and and downtime, right? That, like it's my division in the day. That is a hundred. I mean, that's yeah. I think that's that's not weird at all. I think that's hundred yeah. percent normal. Uh, I was a monk for a while, and then everyone because I'm like kind of crazy and chaotic, and everyone's like, "How did you meditate?" And then I, I asked all my like master monk people who are teaching me like, "What's meditation?" And they're like, "You can do anything." I was like, wait a minute, you could do anything. That's crazy. And they're like counting or just breathing or walking or yeah. working. Like they're saying even working out. It's like, are you focused on the one thing? Is it meditative? Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. And so now when I hear that and every time I hear like great Hollywood stories of like JJ and like Max Landis talking about like making Star Wars Force Awakens. I like they, you're on first name basis with JJ. Yeah, yeah, JJ, right. you know, you know <laughs> J. Brooms, you know what I'm you saying? Know. Uh, but like they, most of the time writing the script, they were just walking on the beach. And it's like yeah. Inside Out was like he was hiking up a hill and he was just like thinking and meditating about like emotional journeys. And it's like hi- walking, everyone at home, I don't know if you know this, but walking is good for you. Yeah. Is so. <laughs> so can I consider walking to be meditation? Because I've tried like the apps that make you legit meditate, like and it's, it's not. It's not yeah, working it's, for me. I yeah. can't. I can't do it. I mean, honestly, I think if it finds your place, like I actually really like long drives on boring streets and all mm-hmm, stuff. Like mm-hmm. I like driving on the five, and no one likes driving on the five. Uh, but it's like it's that time where you can kind of push everything away, and then yeah, kind yeah. of feel like a little bit more spiritually elevated. Of like, you know, like I'm at a place where like past and future kind of don't matter and like what matters right now is like my breathing and me getting to the next place so, I mean, yeah yeah, yeah. It, uh, i think it's to each their own because i mean i'm not very good at meditation and so sometimes those apps especially uh especially like the the guided meditation ones they really help but yeah i can see how walking would 100%. definitely be yeah a, i think i'm just gravitating towards things especially recently that make me disconnect from technology so riding motorcycle, uh, woodworking with like power tools, oh. like none of these things you can have a smartphone on you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that just disconnecting, it forces me to like think and then I just have my ideas pop up in those moments. Yeah. Some people have that in the shower, mm-hmm. um, but I don't want to shower six hours a day. So, you know, <laughs> getting away from <laughs> the black. really dry. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of where I've been nerding out a little bit. Um I have more access today that you know than ever to to movies and TV, but I've I've pulled away a little bit. It's almost like um, an overwhelming amount of choice at this point with it what is. to watch. Yeah. So oh. I want to nerd out on that on that, but I kind of have just I can't anymore. I don't know what to, I I can't I can't like invest time into watching something because then I'm going to be nervous about. Well, if I'm putting in time into watching this movie, I could be watching a better movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just don't watch. But anything. there's other options. Like when my yeah. wife and I, when we sit down, we're like, okay, we're going to watch a movie. And then you start like looking around and you're like, that one's good. That would be fun. Yeah. Oh, but what about, okay, what kind of movie do you want to watch? Yeah. I mean, I got into the point where if a movie is less than 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, I won't even consider it. Oh. Yeah. Which I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know how legit you guys think that is, but I just, I can't even risk it anymore. Uh, not we can start a conversation, but I've been like the number one, like against Rotten Tomatoes because, um, like I would say, in interesting times where it's like audience score versus critic score, like what says what, um, it's different and it's an aggregate. So like it's tough because you're getting critics to saying yes or no. Mm-hmm. And then that generates a number. And then depending on like what number it is and even with numbers in itself, it's like, what's the difference between a 71 and a 73? And yeah. It's not that much. What's the difference between a 51 and a 49 rotten or not? Yeah. And how, and who gets to decide if this 
you know, review that has both good and bad is ultimately a thumbs up or a thumbs down I've, or a good or I've a bad thing. I've seen reviews that are three star that uh-huh. are that are quote unquote rotten. I see. And I was like, I technically that's a sixty percent. Technically that's a pass. And it's like I don't know mm-hmm. where that the falling line with it because we rate things all the time. And you know we're kind of like whose lines anyways. Votes don't matter and all that stuff. But it's like we'll rate this movie one out of five. And if it's a three, it's like we didn't hate it. Yeah. And it's really tough because I think, you know, online, like you're talking about, like that need to disconnect. It's tough because there's so much vitriol sometimes about like this movie's garbage or like the pre like release, the critics said this. And it's like, yeah, well, yeah. Review bombing. People don't like a certain person in a movie. Yeah. yeah, It's kind of like I always say, you can't get it right unless you get it wrong. So kind of why don't you go out and try it out and see what you think? Because you don't know. Because I will say this, like I love a lot of the rotten movies but like also well, they make, sometimes you need a good bad movie well they make a billion dollars too and it's like well they're not going away either so it's yeah. like what are we really winning and I mean I've heard a lot of writers from like films they're saying like we don't make these for the critics we make these for the audience and so it's like there is a sense of like I know critics before and I think to your point wouldn't they would write reviews mainly to save people money and so people would like oh don't mm-hmm. go watch this movie because it's yeah. not worth the money because like money was scarce and like sure. for theaters it'd be escapism and so like their money was like I can't spend you know, like yeah. what we do for our show, we watch movies every weekend most of the time. Yeah. And sometimes they're not good. Sometimes they're great. And it's like, well, we can't do that unless we have like movie pass or stubs, AMC, stubs list or a list. Yeah. I signed up for that and I'm still only seeing like one a month. I'm not Wait, taking advantage on, of it. Are you on movie pass or on the A-list? AMC okay. list? Yeah. I think movie pass uh, is done. It, it apparently officially is done. By the time we're recording it, like I, I was a big... I think I helped make so movie pass will not be a sponsor of the show. No. Okay. <laughs> I wanted it to be so bad, but no, yeah, I, I, I watch a movie every week, but cause I want to take advantage of it, but yeah, no. Yeah. I have, I have this other thing too, where, you know, once you're in the movie theater, if it's a bad movie, you can't just turn it off and walk out. Yeah. I, can't, I can't be that person. True. I know people walk out of movies all the time, but I've I, I a can't, couple of times in my life. I, Ooh, I, yeah. I, I've never been. Cause I, I, I like to think I grew up <laughs> broke. Not poor, because poor is a mind mental state, yes. right? But like, I grew up broke, and my parents were like, "No, we're sitting and watching." I'm like, "Okay, yes, mom, yeah. whatever you want." Well, based on that, there you should go to another movie while you're already checked in, because once true. you're in there, so. Yeah. But then that would be but, sort of illegal. Illegal. I mean, little. or is or at least ethically questionable, not yeah. illegal, probably. Probably morally questionable. Yeah. I mean, all these studios do have faces. Have you ever <laughs> Have you ever uh, crashed movies? Bought a ticket for one movie. I and don't. Then, uh, I yeah. played the fifth, and then uh, like kind of continued watching movies, but never got caught. I yeah, I did that as a teenager for sure. Because yeah. well, you can't really do anything as a teenager other than see movies. My theater was you know? right across from a Walmart, so is that or the Walmart? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Walmart. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> what is there any movies that you're you've been watching you're interested in lately or you seen? So uh, this weekend I saw a very old movie for the first time, uh, The Night of the Living Dead. Whoa, which, wow. uh, Romero. Uh, yeah, never never have seen it before. Classic. Um, and uh, was basically forced to watch it. I always thought it was going to be this cheesy kind of horror flick. And it was not that at all. It was about uh, so many socially yeah. relevant things, uh, you know, uh, race in America, uh, the uh, the Cold War, uh, how humans treat each other. Um, it wasn't it great? super scary at all. It was amazing. Like, yeah, I, mean, I loved it. I, I love that when, like, technically older films, and that, that's really easy to say at hindsight. It's like they're actually trying to say something. Yeah. And they're trying to have a message about, like, our socioeconomic position. Yeah, and it meant something different when it was filmed versus today, but uh, it was amazing. The only thing that really um, bugged me about it, it was obviously cheesy and low production. Uh Whenever they fired a gun in that movie, it sounded Uh really quiet. Oh. I don't know if you remember when you saw it, but it was just like a little pellet gun. Bing! So whenever somebody got shot, it was so much less dramatic than it is today, where, you know, there's like a cannon going off and people are just blown away. So that was a little... Uh, but anticlimactic. What, what if that's what they wanted? Maybe that out of the obvious noises of like the world politics, that a gunshot is the quietest thing. Okay, I don't know. I'm just wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's crazy. I think, well, I think heavy sense. and deep. I, I think of like older. They couldn't film. afford the FX for the, <laughs> yeah. for the gunshot. <laughs> well, because yeah, I think about older films and like bang, it's a like cute. It sounds yeah. like it's like it just sounds like someone just like dropped like a metal bearing in a yeah, bathroom. Yeah, the cowboy movies and all yeah. that. Like, it, yeah, it wasn't that at all. Not at all, yeah. yeah. Little, but, other, but, but, but that sort of renewed my interest in going backwards and going through like the IMDb 100 and watching all the movies that I still haven't seen. So why was this forced? Uh, not forced, but just like, you know, had a movie night, somebody picked it and, uh, you're not like, going to be that guy. Yeah. It was, like, like, you know, it's almost October Halloween. So I was like, okay, yeah, cool. I'll, you know, if everyone's on board, I'm, I'm going to watch something. Um, and it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't what I expected. And I really appreciated that. Nice. Yeah. Is there, awesome. is there a movie that you would have suggested to bring mm-hmm. in a movie night instead? 
probably one of the earnest movies. Maybe earnest scares <laughs> stupid. That would be more That's appropriate a, for Halloween. Excellent oh, decision. Man, Thank you. Ernest. Thank you. I remember when like all his movies were playing on Disney Channel. Like obviously yeah. again they're past their time, but it's like for me, I'm a little bit younger yeah. than Table Like that was how I got how, my. How Ernest. many are there? More than two? There are a lot. I think there's okay. at least four. Okay. Because I know I for a fact, Ernest. like, I watched, like, multiple, and I'm like, yeah. oh, what's he doing in this one? And the, that's weird. Like, to me, those... Ernest be- goes to camp. That was, like, the first MCU, right? A universe... Yeah, the Ernest MCU. <laughs> <laughs> like, ECU, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh, like, what's what's happening in this romp? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he That just resonates, for, like, with me, like, Halloween, you know, time, and just that character. And uh, that's what popped into my head just now. And it's it's a know. silly sense of humor. Yeah. I just always, like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the modern day version of that that is my sort of cheesy. Uh, I'm ashamed that I love it. Movie is Joe Dirt. Oh, similar kind of kind of a little bit rednecky, a little stupid, but ultimately a hero. Keep yeah. going on, or keep was the for, mantra. Keep do, keep going on. Keep doing to something something. I'm not that big of a fan <laughs> of the movie to know every quote, but it's a good well, one. It's like keep going on, going on, or something. Yeah. That. It's like it's like a good positive thing, but it's just like has bad grammar littered throughout. And it's like that's the kind of movie where it's like yeah. there's, there's a good heart in it. Absolutely, yeah. And and that just reminded me because of David Spade. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently saw him at the Laugh Factory oh. here, and oh, wow. uh, and I love I love going to live comedy. And you know, since moving to LA about four years ago. That's something I've really, really? taken it's advantage only been four of. Four years, it's four years, yeah. Wow, yeah. I've been in LA about longer than you have. Yeah, what? Yeah, but, but you guys knew each other before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you, for, so you've been down LA, down SoCal longer. Yeah. So um, no, yeah. I moved to Los Angeles, like to California, four years ago or so. Oh. Um, I lived and grew up in Chicago, oh. and uh, great city, great food. Um, plug in Chicago. Um, <laughs> visit between April and November. It's okay. fantastic. All right. But it's a little chilly. A little chilly I, I feel like, in a weird way, like thirty, at least a good thirty percent of LA inhabitants are from Chicago. Yeah, Chicago, New York, places that are colder, uh, places where people just got tired of digging their cars out of the snow and sitting in the cold, just waiting for the bus. I know so many people from who Chicago. are from Chicago. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I think I think half the people in Los Angeles are not born here. Oh, oh for no. sure. You know, this is a landing zone. Yeah. And yeah. everyone just has transplant on their like bios. Yeah, yeah. But the thing that amazes me about this city in particular that maybe I still feel because I didn't grow up here is just the amount of access to cheap entertainment and famous people you have. It's like, pay 10 bucks, go see this amazing comedian because they're just trying out material. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. But I mean, that that's amazing. So like, that's something that, you know, if I have to pick between, say, going to a two hour movie or a two hour stand up show. I kind of like the, again, that real tangible feeling of someone standing there, you feel it, you feel the laughter. I like that. Part. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a theater performance where like yeah. no matter what, like even t- I've been to some comedy performances and even seen like terrible standups mm-hmm. and I was laughing a lot. And yeah. I was like, I don't know yeah. why I'm laughing a lot, but Too other people minimum. are. I, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a lightweight, but I'm like, I don't know. Maybe that was probably part of it. LA has that strange experience too, where you're like, did I just see? Yeah. 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 I just... I just saw oh, that I, I never see celebrities on the street. I'm always oh, yeah. tunnel vision. I yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah I That's wish I did. They are but too, no. probably. <laughs> I was once uh, pumping gas uh, next to Corey Feldman. Okay. Oh, I was, wow. uh, it was my motorcycle at the time, and I was like, I was in the tank, and I was just kind of looking around, and I was like, oh shit, that's Corey Feldman. Put my visor down. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so you're not the kind of guy who would go up to somebody and be like, hey, I, it's really, it's sort really of a hard. big fan. I mean, because I also work in the entertainment industry, and I've done that once. Mm. And it was Mark Hamill. Ooh. Yeah. And I was like, I just, I, I, I am so sorry, but I have to do this. I mean, Can Mark you take Hamill. a picture? Yeah. Can you take a picture with me? I mean, I happened to be the assistant engineer on this. Uh, so you had a little bit of pull. I had a little bit of pull, but I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do, do it. Did he do it? Yeah, no, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's that, I, I always worry about that one because it. I feel like, you know, are, are they feeling like dehumanized if, if you're just taking the photo and it's not even yeah. about I, them? And, from like, and the funny thing about we're talking on a podcast about celebrities, and a lot of celebrities have podcasts. And I think what I've heard from a lot of celebrity people that they, they they hate when you ask for a picture mm-hmm. and you don't even know who they are, yeah, and you just know that they're famous, yeah. And they're like, hey, you're that one, you're that one where, guy. Where is like you're, and then they say I'll the figure wrong, it out later. They say the wrong the name or yeah, something yeah. like that. Or oh. it's like I don't even really care. Like I know someone would care if I took a picture with you. Yeah, and it's like if you're you know obviously genuine with them and all that stuff. Like, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm the person that loves to like, hey, real quick, big fan. Uh, just want to say hi. My name is Tom. Blah blah. You probably won't remember it, but uh, just hope uh, you had you have a good rest of your day. Like That's I did it. that wow. with Dakota Fanning. Mm-hmm. Like I was at a cafe and she was right in front of me, and like she ordered, and then I heard her say her name like for the order number, and it's like Dakota. I was like, nah, can't be, can't be. And then I was actually with one of our co-hosts and we we're having breakfast, 
And then like they went to go get a seat. They're like, Tom, come over here. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to say, I have to say hi. Cause I, cause you don't, cause that's what happens a lot of times. It's like people who live in New York never see the Statue of Liberty. So like when, you know, opportunity comes to just introduce yourself and say like, hey, I'm not crazy. Uh, I, <laughs> I like your work and I just want to give you props for that. And yeah. I hope you have a good day. And that's to me like the bare minimum. The asking for a picture thing is kind of like the, <sighs> I crossed the I? line. <laughs> I broke well, no, a rule. That's the like, if I'm really comfortable, if I'm like, I gotta do it. Yeah. I gotta do it. I, I have to. So I am going to drastically change the subject. Ooh. And we're gonna talk <laughs> about Western Tropic. We are here to discuss Western Tropic. You have been working on this for how many years? Uh, 1.5 years, which equals 18 months, mm, according yeah. to math. <laughs> <laughs> good job. Good job. Good one, I think. Good one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Math on. And uh, <laughs> this isn't your first game, correct? It's, it's not my first game. Um, It's my, I'm going to call it my third game. My last game I launched five years ago. It was called Devil's Advocate. Mm. Um, Kind of a party game in the vein of Cards Against Humanity. Mm. Um, I was one of those people who played Cards Against Humanity and thought, hey, I can make a party game too. And then I was one of the, <laughs> the 10,000 people who did it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, luckily it was successful, raised like 30,000 bucks on Kickstarter and made the game. Um, and that was the end of the run. But it was basically about trying to guess um, how your friends would think about certain things. So you would read a topic and then everybody would vote agree or disagree. Oh. And you would try to see what the reader's real opinion was. Um, but that was sort of my my foray into game design, but I don't really call that a real game. I think that's more of like a conversation piece. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people consider it's that like an icebreaker. That's game. actually it's really good for corporate game. worlds. You yeah, can yeah, have yeah. that for all the for all the morning huddles. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not a game, it's it's an activity. Um I think for me, Western Tropic is my first real game that I designed. Um and Ultimately, before I launched the Kickstarter, I wrote 40 versions of this game. So Whoa. I kept rewriting and rewriting the rules. Um, about halfway through is when it shifted to have a, elements of poker because mm. I, I reached a point of designing this game where I wasn't having fun playing it anymore. And I thought about what games have I spent the most time in my life playing? That took me to card games and then it took me to poker. Mm. Um, and so it's not necessarily a poker game, but it uses the language of poker and infuses poker into it. Flash, full house. Yeah. I think the biggest difference is it isn't super competitive, last man standing like poker is, but it's it's uh it's more like I'm gonna score as many points as I possibly can and pull in elements of of things that you see in other tabletop games. Nice. nice. Yeah. So after version 40 or so, I said kind of, okay, that's it. Now I'm gonna make this the game. These are the final rules, and I'm gonna launch this thing. How how did you? So I mean, you've had board games. Uh, you've played board games. Now you've developed board games. What was there? So other than the Cards Against Humanity, was that? Would you say that was your deciding factor? Like, I want to start making board games, or you start want to start making games? That that was kind of what made me explore what it takes to make a game, right? Mm. Producing it, how much it costs, uh, getting prototypes made, cutting out cards, that kind of thing. Again, even though that wasn't really a game, in my opinion, but it got um, you in that. But idea. it got me into that, yeah. And then that it's in the realm that was sort of a gateway into actually playing more games. I didn't mm. play that many games before. Market it's, research, yeah, I was yeah. Say, it's yeah. research, yeah. And I still don't, to be honest. I think I wish I played more. You know, people, you open up someone's closet and there's like a hundred board games in there. We have a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not me. I mean, I've got ten, fifteen. Um, but you know, playing more games and then just wanting to have, I've always had sort of creative side projects mm -hmm. and, um, because I never wanted to learn how to code, I knew that I wasn't going to be building an app or building anything oh. with tech. So I was like, what can I build that requires a lot of different skills, yeah. um, that also is kind of cool and fun and I can do in my downtime and game design was sort of the perfect fit. It requires writing, designing, um, producing things. Um, so it, it was every a lot of different as aspects and there's a lot of different roads you can That's take. Really like yeah. the tabletop, uh, world, I think, especially with, with platforms like Kickstarter has made it not only accessible to people like you, like I have an idea and I want to do this thing, but also really just, if you can think it, it can probably be a thing. I mean, when you do have things like Zombicide, when you do have all these very interesting games that are out there that have different elements, board pieces, game pieces or just as simple as a card game that is it would you say western tropic is because i haven't actually gotten to see it played is it a complicated game or is it pretty i'd say on the scale of one to ten it's it's probably a four okay. um i would say what's a ten a, a ten would be something like uh the game dominion okay. or i don't okay. know or like warhammer or something like i don't i basically uh, a 10 would be a game that takes over an hour 
to explain mm. the rules. And there's multiple expansions. And there's multiple expansions. Um, so I would say you could learn this game in about 15 minutes. I'd say it's it's as complicated as teaching someone how to play poker. Got it. The good thing is, though, if you already know how to play poker, half the instructions are going to be, you know, streamlined for so you. So fold on two and seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly, yeah. Um, I mean, building, building a game off of uh, a language that people already know is really helpful. And I think people do that all the time. It's like, oh, you kind of get this mechanic. Well, here's another game that uses that and it's elevation yeah yeah Yeah. exactly um so yeah you know it's a card game you can learn it in about 20 minutes um every piece is cards you know i thought a lot about like do i have poker chips in it but basically i wanted to keep it compact and light uh and cheaper to produce to be honest poker chips are very expensive um yeah like 25 cents a piece oh yeah looked at lots of options but it's it's all cards and um you know basically you're you're using a lot more strategy um than luck in poker, there is luck. Obviously, people think there's strategy because you can read your opponents and bluff and lie and all that. This is less about that, and it's more about using the different car- cards and powers you have um, to manipulate a game board, which has a set of community cards, mm. and then you just assemble the best possible hand you can throughout the game. Huh. So it's it's scoring points each round. Everyone is you know kind of racking up a, a higher a high score trying to reach sixty points. Um, you can kind of mess with other people, mess up the board, mess up what they're trying to do, but it's not like directly attacking. And I'm just doing what's best for me. I'm, I'm just sorry doing what's that best it for me. Your... That's right. That's what I always <laughs> say about competitive games. I'm like, hey, you're not hurting them. You're just trying to help you. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, honestly, when I first started designing the game, it was very much um, I'm going to roll dice and shoot you and harm you this many times. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, and the theme um, lends itself to that right it's like the western mm-hmm. cowboy theme lots yeah. of shooting um the reason i started designing with dice was because a six shooter revolver six-sided die oh um yeah but i i moved away from that as soon as i switched to poker and so i kept the theme um i like the theme and it's sort of this uh well, poker is also a staple of the wild, wild west of the wild, wild west yeah and and the western tropic theme was kind of a, a combination of two things i like which is I was really inspired at the time by Westworld, so kind of the Western okay. theme. Yeah. And then I really like tiki culture. So mm-hmm. I was like, what if I combine these two things? What would that look like? So the very loose storyline is basically this eccentric billionaire has bought up an island uh, in the Pacific, and he has con- he has transformed it into a Wild West town. Mm. But everyone who plays now is kind of a modern-day person. They're going to this tournament sort of in a cl- in cosplay. Like if Comic-Con, That's who we are. Yeah, yeah. Like Comic-Con meets um, t- uh, Burning Man meets like the World Series of Poker. That's that's sort of the theme. Okay. All happening in modern times. A little bit of Mortal Kombat. A little bit of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Going to yeah. an island. It has been. Okay. okay. That's dope. Cue uh, the music from the movie. Yeah, yeah. right. Do, uh, you, uh, do you remember the, like, the lightning moment where you were like, this... I want to start doing this game. Like, were you playing a game? Where it, did it just, like, hit you? Was it on one of your walks? Was it, like... I, I'm definitely one of the one of those people, especially with game design, but with other things too, where I think of kind of a theme or a mood or an idea, and then I figure out the mechanics of well, it later. Of it. Okay. Um, I'm guessing most people who design games, they think of a fun mechanic first, and then they come up with a theme, but that's not me. So I, I fell in love with the theme of Western Tropic, and then I kept iterating, which is why I had 40 versions of the game, until I found a game that I liked that would fit into it. Um, and, you know, to be honest, when people design games, they can skin it with a lot of different themes. Yeah. Um, but I was theme first. So that's mm-hmm. that's what got me motivated. And then the challenge was, okay, you've invested a lot of heart and money into like this art, into designing this game, uh, yeah. or this 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 theme. Find find the right game that fits yeah. for you. So yeah. You figured out the what, but then the, the the journey was the how. Yeah. Which how you were going to do this. Yeah. So I don't know if it's the most efficient way to design anything. It's your way. But I, it's my way. And I yeah. and I've always treated this as a hobby, as a side project. And to your point about Kickstarter kind of lowering the barrier of entry if you wanted to make a game before you had to go to a publisher and Mm -hmm. ultimately you probably had to make game design your full-time job Mm -hmm. but if you want to design a game as kind of like a weekend project and just maybe raise a couple thousand bucks or make a few thousand copies instead of a hundred thousand you can do that and I, i really appreciate those kind of platforms whether it's kickstarter or indiegogo and with Patreon, what you guys use, that kind of helps fund things mm-hmm. um, to, to, to you know, continue projects along the way. So it's it's really great. Like the internet has done some bad stuff, but overall, <laughs> I think it's done Potato some really salad. good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, where did you decide to land on three, is three to eight players? Three to eight players, yeah. So um, that was inspired at first by having eight players that are the four kings and the four queens in a deck of, of cards. Oh. Um, so ultimately- 
those were the original characters. So there are four four female and four male players in the game. Um, all sort of old timey Western sort of themes. You know the 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 rustler, the 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 preacher, all that. Shout out to um, representation. I like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, It's uh, and you'll see in the characters. You know they 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 look a little bit atypical for a kind of a Wild West scene, which I I liked. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. The three to eight is trying to have as much of a span as possible. I will say that at eight, it's quite chaotic. Mm. And at three, um, there's not as much strategy. So four to six is really perfect. Mm -hmm. And I'll note that in the instructions that, you know, your best experience is going to be four to six, but it's definitely possible to play with three to eight. And and heck, if people want to manipulate the rules and make it their own, like I did for other games, mm -hmm. I encourage that. No, I I only ask because we, you know, on NerdOn, we stream our, you know, games and we've been playing video games and we do board games. And it's been tough sometimes to find some games that are like five or more players. And They're all like party games, basically. Yeah. And yeah. like even console games where it's like four couch co-op and that's it versus like trying to find a game that like everyone could kind of play at the same time, which is like if you have anyone more than five. And I think it goes back to a little bit the video game conversation of like sometimes, you know, you have friends over and you literally just isolated three yeah. other ones because it's a four player game. But then when you have a three to eight, you're like, Right, cool. People can play and people can yeah. dip out and all that there stuff. There are so, options yeah, to I do it. I think yeah. that's great. I don't know if there's a lot, even a lot of board games that do like more than eight players. I think that's kind of... I, have, I don't think, think I've that. encountered something like that other than like, you know, D&D &D and sort yeah. of those types of games, but like, uh, you know, board games with components and whatnot. It gets hard for everyone to try to reach in the middle and, and do all that. Um, you know, Western Tropic is much, it's, it's similar to poker where you could have quite a few people around a table accessing the same amount of information and cards in the center of the table and then what you have in front of you is it's pretty minimal so no, it, that makes it pretty easy and it goes back to me I, I literally think of like poker as in like you know families come over and they're different families and all like the dudes go into the garage and smoke all the stogies and like play poker where all the wives are just like those guys aren't doing anything and i honestly feel like with the three to eight players like yeah you, you can, i can imagine like that amount of people like that are around like one of those home little poker tables that have like the little curb sides and stuff like that. It's like, you know, three to eight is like a perfect, I think it's a perfect like amount of players to play yeah. new games nowadays. So this is your, your brainchild and obviously it takes a village. So you have more people involved like designers and other companies and, and whatnot. Like the, the designers, was this something that you found an artist on Instagram or something like that? Or was it, you knew this person, you knew their style, like how, how did the like the actual physical thing come about, like the design of it and all that? Yeah, because I yeah. know that you have said that you like kind of that amalgamation of Western and tiki culture, but now it's actually the the you got to do it. Yeah, so, like, yeah, exactly. And because I was sort of theme first, I of course jumped into artwork mm -hmm. sooner than I probably should have, but in a way that that helped me out because it made the game feel more real and encouraged me to design uh, the mechanics. But it was a lot of Instagram searching on ArtStation, kind of going around and trying to find the vibe, the, the feel that I wanted. Um, so two artists in particular um, that um, you know did a bulk of the artwork. One is uh, Brooks Engel. Um, he's shout got out. Some, shout out to Brooks. Uh, he uh, he's out of Denver and he did a lot of the card art mm -hmm. and he has that really beautiful sort of vector style. So all the playing cards are designed by him. And then the character art and the environment and the uh, the box art is uh, an artist named Antonio Stapertz out of uh, Brussels. And he is fantastic. And yeah, it was a lot of just searching on Instagram, reaching out to 10 or 20 artists, asking them you know, about their rates, about their experience, their interest in games, um, and ultimately landing on a few that I thought was a good balance of you know price versus, versus output. Um, and I saw the whole range, right? It was you know really inexpensive to expensive, and I kind of landed in the middle. And um, to be honest, I was lucky to work with these artists because I think they they really connected with the theme quickly and and gave me. Their I was all. like, that's a big thing too. Yeah, yeah. You know, if if it's if they're just treating it like a job, mm -hmm. it's fine. They'll do a good job. But I think when when they're passionate about what you're trying to build and they know that you're doing it as like a passionate project as well, um, they give you a little extra. So a lot of people helped put this game together. Um, but those two guys definitely contributed the most and. Uh, I, I continue to 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 plug them and will recommend them. Yeah, that's awesome. And then you, did you already have a knowledge of? Because there's also the making of the game, like the yeah. physical, the physical. Like, did you already have these companies in mind? Like, I want to work with this company to actually make my game. Or yeah, it was a it was a lot of research and uh, getting quotes from companies both in America and in China yeah. um, to get you know an understanding of what can they do for what price. Um, I'm in an interesting situation now because I'm mid Kickstarter that's going to end in October and I'm delivering the game in February. Um, 
and the company I'm working with will probably produce the game in China to keep uh, prices low. Um, but there might be some tariffs that are coming out that soon will oh, make yeah. the price higher. Yeah. So I'll have to factor that into it. But but yeah, no, I mean it's it's um, it's kind of like uh, you know whenever you're buying anything expensive, you do your research and uh, you get an understanding for who's asking the right questions, what games have they made before, um, what is the per unit cost, all that sort of thing. And then when you figure that out, then you kind of decide, okay, well, how much can I sell this thing for, and what's the quality I need to make people happy. And the part that's a little scary still is, okay, I raised all this money on Kickstarter, um, and now I'm going to produce this thing, and I'm hoping that the final product is exactly what I imagined. They'll send me a prototype, and that's fine, but you know, when there's a thousand pieces, and maybe Ooh. later you realize that, hey, this one thing was off, or you know, the the quality that was in the prototype that they sent you wasn't quite the one mm. that. That's that's always scary, and you know I so I'm working with a company called Ad Magic, and they made they made Magic. thousands of games, so I trust them. Um, the the salespeople are here in the U.S. and they work with uh, that's great. you know producers in China. But yeah, it's it's a lot of work, and and honestly, that's the unsexy part, right? It's like finding <laughs> yeah. the, finding the artists and getting really all that interesting, done. Like you were mentioning, like it's, yeah. it's really interesting. It's what it's, Mr. Rogers would talk to us about when we we're kids. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. it's just like being in the the entertainment industry in a sense where it's like you watch a movie, but you're like, no, something went into this. There's there's these jobs and, and board <laughs> games. When I think about it, it, it really is interesting to think about how much goes into it. It's yeah. it's the initial idea. It's the design. And then there's the actual distribution or pr- production of the game. And then there's the sales part. And then there's all this, like, yeah, there's so many that's, aspects. That's kind of like, interesting. <laughs> it is. And it, and it kind of kills me when, whether it's, you know, a video game or a board game or anything that's creative, um, has one thing kind of go wrong at launch and everybody just piles on and creams it. it and sometimes you know there's a big company that releases something and it and it and it's you know it deserves some of the hate but i also try to stop and remember like there's thousands of people who are just like so rendering hard. art and creating things and you know they're innocent here i i think about <laughs> the store or the image of like or i think it was like the little article that i think reddit posted it was like the someone's job for a year and a half was to work on batman's cape yeah, on make sure it moves the and right just, way. Like, one job for a one year guy. and a half, just a one cape. person. Yeah, and so like when it doesn't have a good PC port, then everyone destroys the game. And it's like, but the cape is really good. You know, <laughs> it's like come on, there there are aspects that are salvageable and I think are great. Um, I do want to ask though. So I mean, this is your third game, and so you definitely have you know going into like figuring out which you know producers and like how the art style are going to go. Like, there's some things you obviously learned, and then obviously this isn't your first rodeo, so. What was it you think was the, probably the biggest learn or step up from you know your past games to this one? Um, I think you know definitely the measure three times and cut once. <laughs> just general <laughs> advice is really important. Um, I think that I also learned that um, play testing is so important. And I think even with this one, I didn't play test enough. Um, I did a lot more. But did you like have friends over? Yeah, how do you like, do that? Hey, guys, yeah, gonna, you know, friends over. Went to like uh, gaming groups here in LA, and every time I I did a play test, I learned something new and improved the game. And a lot of people calibration, calibration. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, when you go through anything in your head that's kind of creative, you stop seeing the flaws sometimes. Um, you're in love with it, or you, yeah, you're in love with it, or you just, you know, you're you're filling in details that to you Other are clear, and they and they aren't. Yeah, so the playtesting thing was huge. My my last game, honestly, I playtested it like twice, and then somehow I was able to raise a bunch of money, and it's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it, it was kind of insane. Um, luck, a little bit of luck, right? A little bit of luck, yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think for me personally, I've bought plenty of games where I played them one time and I never touched them again, and I don't want that to happen. So. You know, if I send out a thousand of these games and a few years later, 10, 20 people reach out to me and say, hey, love the game, still playing it. Mm-hmm. That's a win. I want that. But I don't yeah. want it to be like it just sits on someone's shelf as a pretty object and that's the end of it. It's I mean, cool it box is, art. It yeah. is pretty. Yeah. Which, you know, nothing wrong with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I buy lots of pretty box art games and never play them too. But uh, I want a little more for this one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the cool thing that I've, my experience with board games has been like, oh, I'm playing this game. Like, this is really cool. And it's like brand new to me. Yeah. But then it's been around forever. And then you're like, what? And then you look at like, oh, they only developed this game and that was it. And so like, again, with uh, your platform of like just developing a game that you wanted to make and then, you know, not having to go to like giant, you know, sales like events and all that stuff and having to be in big box stores and all that stuff. But it's like having it where you have a limited run and then someone like plays it like five years from now, 10 years from now. They're like, hey, I love this game. I just discovered it because there's, there's not, you know, gajillions of copies. Uh, I think th- those are really great things, especially when like you're playtesting it and I like that bit that you were saying of how you you 
might gloss over things that you already know that other people don't. So like people who never played poker, like yeah. that's something that like, oh, how is the entry level for other people? Like, and if it's easy to explain, like you're not, it's not, you're not playing poker, but then that is supplemental knowledge, not yeah. required knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely played tons of poker in college and liked it. And then I think for a lot of people, um, they have they have stayed away from poker because of the money element. I think the money yeah. element scares people, right? Um, the stakes are literally high um, to play that game. But I think that people really enjoy the actual game of poker. Mm -hmm. So my my point here was, let's make a game that's all the fun of poker without the money part. It's just mm -hmm. scoring points. So nice. if I can introduce people to poker who have never played it before this, through this, through this game, game yeah. then I'll be super happy. Wow, that's great. Um, even better, they'll like this better than, you know, poker. <laughs> and this will be certain. World Series. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. casinos will start playing this instead. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's definitely something, you know, I think like, there's also a magic in a deck of cards and how mm -hmm. many thousands of games have been created with a deck of cards. Yeah. Um, and if, and if I can create one more game that can be played with a, with a standard deck of cards and a few extra pieces, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. um, that's something that's pretty special. And, for me. um, so, I mean, because I am a backer, I get thank the, you, Josh. Ooh. Thank you for backing. I get the updates. Um, Live sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you um, can too. <laughs> so it, it does look like there are going to be some expansions. Like what's, uh, is that the. Yeah. So the game has, uh, so a normal deck of cards has two jokers. Um, this game comes with eight jokers as mm. the standard set. And basically these jokers let you kind of mess with the game board. Right. Um, and just to kind of backtrack a little bit, the game board is 25 poker cards that are laid out into a five by five grid. They're moved around, people move around the grid to build their best hands. So these jokers can kind of do different things like explode the board, make things move, steal points from other people. So one's Heath Ledger, one's Joaquin Phoenix, <laughs> one's Cesar Romero. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the idea for expansions for the game is, is via the jokers, right? So okay. I'm gonna release them in sets of eight and every joker will do a slightly different oh. thing. So I've built sort of this framework and then the jokers are gonna be kind of like the deck building part of the game where they do different things to mess with the game. So you not only developed a game, you had to think beyond that of like, how can I change the game some more or add to the game? Yeah, yeah. And it gets harder and harder, right? Because you have this constraint of, I'm only working with 52 cards and it's a five by five grid. How much can I do? Um, but I think that's fun. I think that's interesting is like, what kind of creative ways can you mess with the game using jokers? And the other piece is nobody ever uses the jokers mm -hmm. in cards. So make, I'm making it a give focal them some point. love. <laughs> yeah. The jokers are going to kind of mess with stuff. Yeah. Do you think that the idea for the expansion with the jokers, do you think that came from a mechanic standpoint or from a design standpoint? Cause you're talking about making the game. You can came from like, I wanted Western and Tropic combined it that definitely came from from mechanics and not wanting to feel limited by the 52 card deck um i felt like you know I, i'm basically using the four different suits of cards and each suit can do a different thing and that's great but i felt like that's not enough mm -hmm. so when i realized i had these two extra jokers i thought well why stop at two mm -hmm. let's go somewhere even you know bigger than that so that's where where that got layered on so that was a mechanics driven well and it kind of decision. leads into like a world building yeah where there's different types of jokers in this island that this billionaire brought people into and i think that's kind of cool because you know one thing led to another and they both you know without that answer that you gave it's kind of like you know mechanics could lead into the creativity of the world building or like the world building could bring in a new mechanic so it's really cool how the the creative process does still need the, the technical aspect out of it and it just synergy synergizes into like a brand new thing which yeah dope. and and the jokers are also kind of that element of luck that are sort of optional if people mm. want to play this game without the jokers oh. they can do that you know it's it's like uh, power-ups right you can play with or without power-ups but um i'm going to keep releasing new ones for people that are are digging the artwork and are liking you know trying to play the game in a different way uh, was that a smash bros reference because it might have been because i'm a big <laughs> i'm a big smash bros fan and i'm like whenever i play and everyone at, like who knows me who listens to the show when they play against me i'm like no items five stock on a flat surface. And yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's going to be purely skill versus a little bit of luck. Yeah. Right? So it's like, how have all the items and power-ups? Like, that's the luck. Yeah. Like, I, I want power-ups to be in other things, like sports, like professional sports. Like right now, it's very much skill-based. I want more power-ups, but we haven't gotten there yet. But when we have like robot football and stuff, that's going to happen. Um, there's really, like some old I school mean, games with that. <laughs> no, no, but real robot football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, true. Um, I mean, real quick, can you take us through like, maybe just like the first round? like what how the game plays out like yeah so um basically imagine a five by five uh deck uh, or a stack of cards that have been set up in the middle of the table all face up all your standard cards in a deck right two through ace um meanwhile everyone is holding not two cards but three whole cards 
Um, so in Texas Hold'em Poker, for, for people who don't know, uh, usually you have two cards. Those two cards act as kind of your personal hole cards, and you use those and what's on the table to make your best hand. So in Western Tropic, you have three because every round you will trade in one of your cards to do oh, something. So, little Uno-y. Little Uno-y, yeah. So each suit will do a different thing, heart, spade, diamond, and uh, clover. <laughs> Club. Uh, it's a lucky charms deck. Um, they all do different things, right? So like they can move, they can steal, they can swap cards on the, on the, on the board. And so you have to decide which card you want to get rid of to do something and then which two will remain to give you the best hand. And so at the end of the at the end of your turn, you will have a certain hand that you can create and you'll score points based on that uh on that on that setup. And so oh. every time you're trying to rack up more and more points and be the first to reach 60. And then people, the poker aspect a little bit is that people are seeing what you're doing, are yeah. seeing what cards you're putting. It's like, okay, they don't have that, so they probably don't have this. Yeah, it's process there's a there's a little bit of hidden information in terms of, you know, what cards you're holding, but if you have a good memory, it will definitely help you. Um, you don't know what people's jokers are, right? So that's also a hidden element mm-hmm. uh, as well. Um, and you don't know what people are going to do. The other uh, the other aspect that's a little bit like betting is that um, every player will have a player mat and they're allowed to bet points as well. So if they oh, think that they have wow. the highest hand, they don't know what everyone has. If they think they have the highest hand, they can bet five points. And if they're right, when everybody shows... They win another five points. There it is. So there so it is. it's betting, but you're never taking points away from someone. It's just you trying to rack up more. Okay. So that's kind of the general flow of the game. Yeah. Do you, that's awesome. Do you suggest that people, you know, have their hand like in poker where they put it on the table and then look at it? Or do you are you like holding it like a this? You know, as long as the other players can't see, okay. whatever the format is, you know, if we're sitting like we are right now, mm-hmm. uh, kind of at the side of a table. And we can keep our cards relatively hidden from each yeah. other. It's okay. Because, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've been to some casinos and they're like, you know, no phone. You know, keep both hands up. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, you treat yeah. me how I you like want to treat me. When you get, a, yeah. you get money. I was crossing. just in Vegas last weekend and I uh, was playing poker uh, and, and of course, slanging my products. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, people were using phones now. Nobody cared. What? I mean, it was an $80 table. Maybe that's why. Like, if you're playing in the World Series, they probably don't want your phone out. But uh, I it think was this pretty was like casual. a $40 table. And yeah. it was like one of my friends literally just kept like kept putting his hand in his pocket, and they're like, "Take your hand out." It's like, what? Like, like, like you had a card hidden in there or something? Yeah. And I was like, I "But this know. is also when we were in college." I was like, "Yo, we're not that good." Also, do we look like magicians? We don't have <laughs> sleight of hand at all. It's like we're just here to kind of get drunk and play games. And it's like, but it was really it was a Harrah's. Yeah, it was a Harrah's, and I was like, I don't even know like what kind of stakes you guys have going on right now. So, um, let's get into the so the Kickstarter started, and at the time of this recording, it is successful. Uh, over successful it is which uh, is, it is funded yes yes very um happy. so a little bit of a rundown so you have uh two levels i have three levels three levels so people can buy the deck of cards by themselves which is just 10 bucks because people like to collect pretty cards mm-hmm. uh the full game at 25 and then the founder's edition which is this pretty box right here with the game in it and that comes with the first expansion of Ooh. eight jokers, um, some postcards, and then a very secret special Ooh. thing that comes extra that I can't reveal, but it's pretty cool and has to do with the island in the world that inspired Western a Tropic. Full map. No, a, a ticket to a map. Way no. to sell the the box edition. That's yeah. really good. That's the, really good. The, the map on the uh, on the box is uh, inspired by a real place, and, oh. and that secret prize might have to do with that. Oh. Real place. Wow. Did you just Willy Wonka everybody? <laughs> Did you make yeah. that golden ticket? <laughs> and then he casually goes, yeah. yeah. There's a yeah. chocolate card factory. <laughs> um, so people can visit the Kickstarter by going to westerntropic.co. Yes, .co redirects automatically to the Kickstarter for convenience, and you don't have to spell out a huge URL. Um, but the general website is westerntropic.com. But yeah, if if anyone's interested in the, in the Kickstarter, westerntropic.co, uh, it is fully funded, like you guys said, but um, the more the merrier. I want as many people as possible because playing the game. Because you can, based on your update that you just you just did uh, at the time of this recording, you're not looking at doing stretch goals. You're looking at making the final product better. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people... Which is a very interesting uh, concept to be... Like, it's... I haven't seen that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say like, well, hey, if, if you guys all reach, you know, X amount of money, I'll do this nice thing for you. And 
Um, I can appreciate that, but I, I think for me, because I'm doing this as a labor of love and it's not meant to be like this massive for-profit endeavor, um, I just want to make the best game possible. So um, I'll I'll keep improving the game as much as the the finances of the Kickstarter allow me to, yeah. to do. Yeah. And just as kind of to pull back the veil just a tiny bit, like, so the the funds, obviously they go to the production, they go to artists, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, and then that goes towards just making it better like how like what yeah. are other things that i can you know for the purposes onyx of kind cards of, yeah right <laughs> they're made out of pure diamond um yes. i mean for for people who are listening or watching and want to kind of understand the process um i'm happy to be transparent about it so um going into the game right before i did the kickstarter i invested several thousand dollars into the art because Ooh. i think you want to have something to show people that is yeah. you know this is a tangible thing so it's going to cost just under ten thousand bucks just to produce the amount of games i want so I've invested the art, the money into the art. Um, the money that's going to the Kickstarter now will pay for the the print run, um, and then that will also basically give me some extra funds at the end um, that I can put back into investing, you know, more cool stuff into the game, and then also yeah. just pay back the the initial investment for the art. So yeah. you know, I'm shooting for like breaking even. That's that's the goal. Um, yeah. But if it if it goes higher. Um, I want to do cool stuff and put more things out for the game. I mean, it's just a testament in its own that it's a successful Kickstarter. And I think, uh, honestly, I want to ask this question for our audience as well as any listeners. I know one listener specifically plays a bunch of games, whether they're video or board, and I'm just usually jealous of his collection. Yes. Uh, what would you would you what would you tell people? Like, I like that beginning part. You said you invest money into the art, and the art will you know come out. Uh, what would you suggest as advice to anyone who's doing Kickstarter or, and also what would you suggest in a separate pool of people like building a game? Um, I definitely think to the point of art that it is worth investing your, your own money into. And the reason why is just take it from the world of branding and advertising. There's a hundred people who sell the same widget, the same salad dressing, the same toilet paper, the same wine, mm -hmm. the art sells it, right? We're, we're all dumb people who like pretty things. Marketing means you know, something. Yeah, yeah, marketing means something. So if you if you have the most fun game mechanic, but just awful art, um, you're only going to appeal to people who really understand games. But most people really understand art. If something looks pretty, they will want to be, they'll show interest in it. So yeah. I think it's a worthwhile investment. And, you know, I understand not everybody can afford um, a ton of money uh, initially on, on art, and that's okay. You know, you can, you can teach yourself design and invest um, time into producing beautiful art yourself if you can't pay somebody else to do it. Um, you know, this is a side thing for me. I have a full-time job. And so I chose to invest some of my extra funds into this. And honestly, people invest money into hobbies all the time, you know, whether it's skiing or, you know, uh, sailing or horseback riding or dancing or whatever. whatever like satiates. Right. Or board games, right? Like people spend thousands of dollars on their hobbies every year. So when you tell somebody you spent a couple thousand bucks on making a game, at first, maybe it sounds crazy, but at the same time, like, you know, somebody could be working on their classic car and drop $3,000 on yeah. a new transmission. And, and that's that's seen as somehow, you know, more legitimate. So, you know, it's just another way to spend my time. And so for me, um, I invest my time and my money into the games and that's worth it. But to, to answer your question, yeah, I, I think putting putting some uh, some labor into uh, into artwork up front is, is worth it. Yeah, instead of going to the bar $80 every time, you could save those 52 times a week and then, or 50 yeah. times a year, and then you have a couple thousand bucks. Yeah, and the other thing too is uh, another good thing about the internet is a lot of people have done probably what you're trying to do. So do your research, learn from people's mistakes, don't repeat them, um, and, uh, and, and use all the free knowledge that's available to you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like specifically, I know some people may not use like Instagram and I know Fiverr wasn't, is not normally the place anymore, but like that was a really great place to go find artists mm -hmm. to do things yeah. like that. And like, they'll definitely work with the budget that you got. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, a couple of my artists um, are that, that I didn't mention are, are college kids who recently graduated looking to build their portfolio. And uh, that's often a great source for um, more affordable, but really high quality art. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So yeah, check it out. Westerntropic.co. But and also then, .com, too. Yeah. .com for, both, like, both kind right. of a basic, like... They both will lead you to the same place, what which is where to? you can give me money. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to say something poetic. I'm like, they'll lead you to the place where you need to be. I want to keep this a really simple <laughs> equation. <laughs> .com, .co, yeah. money. To make the best game possible. <laughs> to make the best game possible. That's true. It's, it's going into a bank account that then goes to a production company that makes pretty things that then get sent to your mailbox. It's funny when you said, like, <laughs> immediately with the, I think, the... 
the lowest amount of money tier uh-huh. uh, where you just get the cards. And I was like, I, I've seen so many YouTubers who just have a deck of cards with them and they just do all these card tricks. And it's like, he's not wrong. A lot of people just like to have cool, fancy, nice oh, cards. Oh, yeah. Playing cards uh, and collectible playing cards have become yeah. a massive part of Kickstarter, in fact, as well. And it's a lot of magicians who want beautiful cards while they're doing all the tricks. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing. Those people are not allowed in the casinos. So, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. A lot of them do just a lot of, like, YouTube vlog stuff. And it's like, oh, wow. It's like, I ho- I really hope to see some, some of them pick this up. Yeah. So. Well, Len, thank you so much for uh, joining us and uh, talking with us and our audience. Um yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you for I, taking the time. Thank yeah. you. It was a pleasure. I'm really so excited to play the game. Maybe you'll uh, no come pressure, over Josh. It'll get play, it'll get to you when it's ready. <laughs> I'm uh, really excited. Really <laughs> tap it? tap tap. So <laughs> it, the the promised delivery date is February 2020, okay. which sounds like the future, uh, and it is. It uh, is. But um, wow. you know, basically the uh, the campaign will end in October, and then it takes about three or four months to get it all done, and then literally it comes on a boat on a freight boat from china so are you that, shipping it yourself or i will not be company? on the boat you know guarding the cards <laughs> yeah. sitting with a with a slingshot i mean when you get them are you going to be shipping them yourself or do you have like a distribution company that will be doing there will be a distribution company uh doing most of them but i'll get a batch myself and to answer your next question yes i will hand deliver your copy to Ooh, you wow you heard it here and sign it maybe oh really mm-hmm. yeah no i will <laughs> maybe, maybe play it with us on Twitch. Of course, yes. That would be so That'd much be fun. Dope. That'd six be people. so much fun. Six people. You said it's still pretty optimal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do six. Okay. Ooh, yeah. I like that. By twenty twenty, we'll have like a you know a whole new studio and all that stuff. This is gonna be awesome. <laughs> Beers. Well, yeah. everybody at home, thank you so much for stopping by, listening. Do check out Western Tropic. Like I said, westerntropic.co. Give this man money <laughs> to make a beautiful game. Beautiful game. But yeah, if you're new to NerdOn, you can check us out. NerdOn.tv has all the information about what it is that we do. We have lots of podcasts that we do now. Um, we have articles. We have videos. A whole bunch of stuff. But do check that out. Um, do you have anything to plug yourself yeah. other than Western Tropic? Um, if anyone wants to connect with me, ask me questions, hurl insults, uh, yes. seek the meaning of life, I am at Len Kendall on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and seriously, would love to connect with anyone. Wait, it's a, I can hurl insults at you? Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. Uh, only on Twitter? Any Instagram? Or, uh, it, yeah, Instagram and Twitter. So yeah. we can slide into the DMs. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. All, that's all I want to know. Yeah, I'm also on the <laughs> Facebook and oh, okay. uh, LinkedIn. Snapchat? If, you know, no, oh, okay. I don't know how to he use just it. Went, no. <laughs> it's I'm actually, over 20. It's a safer five, spot oh, to not be there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know the drill. As always, Nerd on! Broadcast.